Well, hello and welcome once again to Beat the Reset. My name is Tim and I am the guy in the hat and this is my weekly podcast series. And today I'd like to talk to you about bullion coins. One of the questions I get asked a lot on my channel is why do we have bullion coins? What is their purpose? Why would we bother even buying them? For most investors, when they start out, uh, they will encounter cast bars and minted bars. And they are, by far and away, one of the great ways to store wealth, especially in silver. You can buy very big quantities, very large quantities as compared to gold because gold is a little more prohibitive because of its price. Um, but silver, if you have a look at cast and minted bars, tends to come in sizes from 5 ounce, 10 ounce, 500 gram, 1 kilo, 3.5 kilo, 5 kilo, and so on and so forth. So they can get up uh, quite large in size. And bars are a fabulous way to store your wealth. There's no question about that. Uh, and that's fine for long-term wealth storage and uh, longer-term trading and so on and bigger asset trading. However, down towards the lower end, we start to get into coins and you tend to find coins predominantly, and let's talk about silver and gold coins, predominantly in the one ounce uh, size. So silver is day-to-day um, -day barterability at one ounce is around about, uh, it'll cost you about 40 or so dollars for a standard one ounce coin in Australia. So I'm going to talk Australian dollars. So $40 can really get you started with a one ounce silver coin. In the gold coin one ounce range, you're looking closer to about $2,600 or so with the current spot price. There's a big difference between the two. Um, so with the silver coins, uh, you really want these for day-to-day -day barterability. What do I mean by that? What I mean is for quick trading, so for much, much smaller asset trading or for smaller purchases such as bread and milk uh, and uh, those sorts of things. And the question I get asked a lot is, are we going to be trading these coins back for fiat currency? I would like to say no to that, but there may be instances where you do trade your coins back for fiat currency, especially if you are completely outside the system like me. Uh, I have very little cash, if any, in the bank at all, uh, and I'd like to think that I've now become my own central bank. In other words, uh, I am completely responsible for my own counterparty risk. So um, by holding precious metals, and especially uh, in those smaller quantities, it means that uh, I can quickly offload them and, uh, and get cash if I need cash to work in the system. So I, um, I work slightly differently. I am predominantly outside the system, invested in metals. And as I need currency, fiat currency, uh, I tend to trade those back with either other dealers um, uh, or sometimes I'll take it back to the, uh, the bullion companies and uh, I, try to do, uh, I try to offload them to other dealers because I usually get a slightly better price. Um, however, let's talk about coins. Uh, coins come in, as I say, the one ounce configuration, and there are certain uh, aspects and elements that define a coin. Just because it is round uh, and comes out of a mint does not mean it is a coin, and this is a common misconception. There are a few items that I'd like to talk about very quickly, and then we'll get to coins. Three things that are not coins that you will see around in the uh, bullion market are uh, planchettes, blanks, and rounds. 
just talk about those three. A planchette is effectively just a blank piece of metal, a round blank piece of metal. Um, and a planchette and a blank are largely the same thing. So those two items are largely the same. They look uh, predominantly like a coin before it's had anything minted on it. That's why they're called a blank. They don't have any any configuration, any picture. They haven't been proofed. Uh, and they simply, uh, they're simply in their raw form. They're, un, uh, they're unedited form, if you like. They're just stamped pieces of metal. Uh, then we have things called rounds. Now, rounds largely look like a coin. In fact, if you look at the ABC Bullion Eureka, they call it a coin, but it actually technically isn't. And the reason it isn't is, uh, well, I'll explain in a few moments why it isn't, because there are certain elements that must be in place in order for something to be recognised as a coin. So uh, they're called rounds because, uh, as I say, they, they carry all the hallmarks of a coin, but they're missing two fundamental elements. So, uh, so they're the things that you will see: planchettes, blanks, and rounds. Uh, and their their, bull their bullion value is no less than a coin. So, from that perspective, they are um, they're equal value as far as bullion goes. Where everything changes, though, is when a blank or a planchette is taken and then minted into something called a coin. And the question is, what makes it? a coin other than just simply a round. Well, the thing that makes it a coin is two things. One, it must have a denominational value. It must have a legal tender value. Uh, you will notice, uh, and I've got a coin here, and this is a koala. I don't know if we can see this with the light here, but this is an Australian koala coin from the, from the Perth Mint. Um, and on one side, we have this beautiful picture of a koala. And on the other side is really where all the, uh, the action happens as far as coins go. You'll see here two things. One is there's a monarch on the back, and that's, of course, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, but there's also a denominational value. If you look very, very closely, uh, it will have a denominational value of, I believe, it is $1. I don't know if you can see that there. And for our Spotify listeners, you're not going to be able to see this. But uh, So the idea is they're the two things that predominantly make it a coin. It's the fact that it has a monarch... Uh, which is, um, or a coat of arms in some cases, but predominantly a monarch. And you'll also notice it needs to have a denominational value. And that gives it legal tender status, which means, therefore, it can now be classified as a coin. Now, you'll notice there's two sides, obviously, to a coin. In fact, there are three sides if we include the, the edge, and we'll talk about that edge in a second. Um, the first side is called the reverse. Isn't that interesting? So heads and tails. Let's talk about heads and tails. The tails side of the coin, the reason it was called tails was because predominantly they were animals. Um, so we've got on the tails side here a koala, and that is the reverse side. Isn't that interesting? Uh, the obverse side has the monarch on it. There you go. So there's something you may or may not have known. So the obverse side of the coin has the monarch, and the reverse has the pretty picture, in this case, the koala, as printed by the Perth Mint. I did mention this third side called a milled edge. You'll notice this edge is milled. I don't know if we can see that, which means it's got a, a, red, a rigid edge. And uh, the reason we have that is uh, because of an old tradition with uh, bullion coins. So gold and silver, especially the gold coins, um, of the of of you know hundred we're going back sort of a hundred two hundred years three hundred years ago, what would happen is with this milled edge, uh, people would shave coins. 
they would essentially, before we had the milled edge, a coin would be minted and then people would shave little pieces off the coin because, of course, they did actually have gold in, you know, actual gold. This was in the days when they had gold in the coins. We don't have that anymore. Of course, our uh, currency now is aluminium, zinc and a whole lot of other stuff, uh, copper and so on. But but in the old uh, days, going back hundreds of years ago, they actually had, uh, in fact, you don't even have to go that far back to see that the coins would have had actual uh, gold in the uh, configuration of the coin, uh, silver in the configuration of the coin. And of course, with the gold coins, they would shave the coins and the coins over time would become a lot smaller. Um, so circulated coins eventually got taken out of circulation because, of course, they had lost all their value. In fact, they started to become uh, – their face value was less than uh, the, the actual gold content because people had shaved the coin. Often the coins were out of shape. Um, they looked uh, a little bit gnarly, so they eventually got taken out of, uh, out of circulation. So what happened was um, they came up with an idea to stop people shaving the coins. And what they did is they created a milled edge, which is this beautiful sort of um, serrated edge. And that uh, was a consistent serrated edge, which meant that it was very, very easy to see if somebody had shaved the side of the coin because the mill would be missing off the side. Now, we still do that to this day. If you have a look at standard circulation coins, even in Australian standard circulation coins, our copper and aluminium coins, our $1, uh, $2 coins, our uh, 20 cent pieces, they still have the milled edge. But it's really irrelevant because with those sorts of coins, shaving, you're not really going to shave uh, one of those uh, circulated coins because they really don't have much value. It's, it's, it has little point. I mean, you'd have to shave an awful lot to have any value whatsoever. I think copper is about 42 cents at the current spot price an ounce. So, you know, you'd have to shave a lot of it. Uh, so that's why they have the milled edge. So um, so just repeating some of the aspects of the coin, uh, we've got the, the reverse side, uh, which has got the animal on it. We've got the obverse side, which has got the monarch on it. We've got the denominational value, which means it's legal tender status. Uh, and, of course, the milled edge. But there are more things on this coin. I'm going to talk about a couple more things. Um, we have um, fields and assets. Um, so the asset is the animal and the field is the background. So these are, these are a couple more terms that you can get used to with coins, fields and assets and also their mintage rate. Um, this is um, not necessarily a numismatic. It does have a lot lower mintage than the standard bullion coins. When I say standard bullion coins, I'm predominantly talking about um, maples, uh, which are from Canada, Krugerrands, which are from South Africa, uh, the Britannia, which is from the UK, the Eagle, which is from the US, and the Kangaroo, which is from Australia. And let's also put the Philharmonic as well in there because that's a that's a quite a ubiquitous coin. It's quite a common coin we see around the, um, the Philharmonic coin from Vienna. Uh, and those coins have almost an unlimited mintage. But with limited mintage coins uh, such as this, this would have a limited mintage, this little koala, and I haven't got the mintage in front of me, but uh, it wouldn't be an unlimited mintage. It would have some sort of limit on it. Um, and uh, this, is pretty, this is actually minted by the Perth Mint. And a lot of mints do this where they, they mint a limited mintage series, either for, um, uh, for example, the Perth Mint have their lunar series or their year coins. Uh, every year they produce a different animal and they limit the mintage. Uh, and another reason is for something called numismatic value. In other words, collectible value. There's a word called numismatic. It's a very complicated word. 
very tricky. But essentially what it means is it's collectible value. So coins can become quite valuable. If you have a look at the 1933 American Eagle gold coin, it has a total bullion content. If you look at the gold, its bullion content is quite low. In fact, you would only get about $2,000 Australian for that coin. But if you sold it as a collectible, as its 1933 collectible value, it sells for about $22 million Australian dollars. So you can see that some coins can end up quite valuable depending on their rare and uh, so mintage is one of the key drivers a low mintage anything under about 10,000 mintage is starting to get down quite low 3,000 is very low I mean anything under a thousand is is getting excruciatingly low and anything below that and you generally get certificates with those sorts of coins that give you kind of their uh, which will tell you what their, um, their their certificate number is or their mint their, their actual mint number is. So uh, they come with an actual uh, certificate. Now, um, the last thing I want to talk to you about coins is the monarch on the back here. Now, of course, as I mentioned here, we've got Queen Elizabeth II uh, and we'll soon have King Charles the uh, the Third. Is that correct? And uh, King Charles may not be facing the same way as the Queen and a lot of people are going to uh, wonder why that is. Um, in uh, English tradition and especially in coin tradition, it's common for the monarchs to change directions in other words the, the way they the direction they look and this way the queen is looking one way and king charles may in fact end up looking uh, in a completely different direction and that's choice there's nothing nefarious about that it's just what they prefer and uh, so uh, Queen Elizabeth II would have provided a portrait to the artists um, who would have uh, produced this coin. Um, and we're waiting for a portrait of King Charles uh, III. Is that correct? I keep saying the third. King Charles III to be supplied uh, to the mint so that we can now start minting King Charles either facing to the left or the right. And it's his choice uh, which direction he wants to face him. Uh, okay, so that is a lot to take in about coins. You've learned about planchettes, blanks, you've learned about rounds, you've learned that coins uh, have an obverse, a reverse side, a milled edge, they have assets which are the raised part, they have fields which are the lowered part for proofing, and you see proofing is a kind of way that coins can be minted, they can be antiqued, there's so many ways they can, they can be minted. A low mintage of course means rarity, uh, and that can push the price of its collectible value up, even though it's bullion value. Uh, may not change at all. Uh, coins come in predominantly one-ounce sizes, but you can get them anything up into the kilos these days. Um, but that's uh, not so common. So one-ounce is pr tr uh, traditionally the, the size of coins. They're for day-to-day -day barterability and for offloading fairly easily. And that's it for me today. Uh, I hope you got a lot out of this. I hope you've learned a little bit about coins and their purpose in, uh, in your collection. And uh, I hope you're looking after yourself and your families, and I hope you're well. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this podcast series. And uh, from the guy in the hat at Beat the Reset, I look forward to seeing you very soon.